the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey guys, it's Morgan. Welcome back to the show. I have a lot of serious topics. You better get ready for this one because it's just going to be one after another of really serious revelations that I I could not take any of the topics out of the episode. It might be a little bit longer. I guess we'll have to see how it goes. I'll try and keep things short for you. I just want you to understand the basics of what we're going through with each of these topics. Uh, but first, let's let's just have a little laugh before we get into the serious stuff. There's a viral video of Kamala Harris introducing herself at a recent meeting and at a conference table. And this is how our vice president of the United States introduces herself. Let's see. Uh, good afternoon. I want to welcome these leaders for coming in to have this very important discussion um, about some of the most pressing issues of our time. Um, I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. Powerful. Powerful stuff. What can I say? Um, Listen, it's easy to look at that and be like, ugh, what a joke. Our politicians suck. They don't take anything seriously. They're they're playing these woke games that are laughable and embarrassing. Um, But I think the bigger thing here is that as they're doing this ridiculous woke crap and as they're saying, I'm she, her pronouns and I'm wearing a blue suit and all that. I don't even know why she did that. I guess an empowering woman thing. I don't really know. But as they're playing these games and making us laugh at them by how ridiculous they are, they're actually also passing serious policy and leadership decisions that destroy the country. So it's kind of that same aspect for me where I get mad when people say, oh, Joe Biden's just a senile old man destroying the country. Because in reality, first of all, he might be a little senile now, but for decades he was in office and his son and his family were profiting off of the business deals. I mean, it's not like Hunter's making these deals, you guys. It's the big guy. It's Joe Biden. That's really the heavy hand in this kind of stuff of getting percentages in the business deals with his family of CCP, Communist Chinese Party business deals, business deals with Ukraine, Russia, all of this kind of stuff is before he was senile. And I can't tell if he's just playing senile so that he can potentially avoid being held accountable because people are like, hey, he's not even really all there. I would hope that that's not the case. Um, But with that too, people say, oh, he's just an old man. He doesn't know what he's doing. You guys, he knows what he's doing. He's just as radical and he is pushing he's his administration is pushing some of the most radical policies we've ever seen in this country. Not only that, it's not like it's Joe Biden really leading the way. This is truly the representation of leftist policy in action. I've talked to you about this before. The policies and the decision making and the results, the results that we're seeing and that we've seen over the last two years with him in office, that is the modern day leftist movement in our country in action. These are the results that their policy ideas bring. It will only get worse. As it gets worse, they'll propose their solutions to solve the problems they caused with their initial solutions, and we must reject it. Do not look at this and say, oh, he's just a senile old man. We just need a Kamala or whoever's next won't be as bad as him. 
You guys, this is the representation of the left as a whole. No matter who's in office, these are the policies that they support. Now, that being said, whenever they act this ridiculous, they also kind of get away, whether Kamala is being, to be honest, kind of stupid, and Joe Biden is being senile, it kind of softens the blow because it's much more approachable. If we had an AOC, and I've said this before, if we had an AOC or an Ilhan Omar, when they talk, it's radical, it's freaky, and they say aggressive policy demands. They say that you can't earn a billion dollars, you only take a billion dollars, that the government needs to take that back because it was stolen. When they talk like that, it is aggressive and it is clearly leftist in their policies. And so when Kamala Harris is talking like that or when Joe Biden is mumbling, it kind of um, puts our our concern a little bit lower than it probably should be because behind the scenes they're implementing crazy stuff. That also comes into play when you compare it to things like, I don't know, Z- New Zealand's prime minister. There's a viral clip going around as Kamala is going viral right now for saying, I'm she, her pronouns and I have a blue suit. New Zealand's prime minister, who is kind of a similar thing to Kamala, where a, a younger female politician leading the way in a high position of power, prime minister of New Zealand, she goes viral for the complete opposite reason, because she uh, communicates in an aggressive, tyrannical, abusive way. And here's what she said most recently. Get this. I, I can't believe this. She says, do not listen to whatever anybody else says. Unless it comes from us, the government, don't believe it. We are your providers of truth. Listen to this. The most up-to-date information daily. You can trust us as a source of that information. Uh, You can also trust the Director General of Health and the Ministry of Health. For that information, do feel free to visit at any time to clarify any rumor you may hear. COVID19.govt.nz Otherwise dismiss anything else. We will continue to be your single source of truth. We will provide information frequently. We will share everything we can, uh, everything you are, else you see, um, a grain of salt. Uh, and so I really ask people to focus. The most egregious example of that appears to be this text which originated in Malaysia and has kind of a, has become a viral hoax in Australia and in New Zealand. How irresponsible is it the people that are sharing that news of a lockdown imminent in New Zealand? Yeah. And, and look, that's the kind of thing that adds um, to the anxiety that people feel. So I continue to share the message. New Zealanders must prepare, but do not panic. Prepare. And, and when you see those messages, remember that unless you hear it from us, um, it is not the truth. And I really ask people, just visit um, uh, covid19.govt.nz. It has all of the up-to-date information. And we will continue to provide everything you need to So you guys, that brings me into the topics of the day. We are dealing with misinformation. We are in an information war. This is about what information is available to the people, what information is being blocked to the people, and what are the people in power doing to control the narrative and control the conversation around political issues to maintain their power. I have a monstrous monstrous few topics that I want to run by you that are different, but all coordinated in some way. And I'm excited for you to read this. 
buckle up for this one because right now we are entering a recession. We're, we're basically in a recession. On Thursday, we have an economic analysis that is going to be coming out and it should usually be a situation where, okay, we're officially in a recession. But guess what? The Biden administration just decided to redefine the word recession. Ironic. How convenient for them. Next up, Dr. Burks, remember her? She's back and she has a fascinating slip of the tongue revelation that really changes everything. We knew it. Now she's admitting it and it's on national news and it is big. The next one, depression. The narrative that was spun between government officials, our bureaucrats, the FDA, Big Pharma, the idea that we needed antidepressants to drug ourselves into, or I should say, out of depression and into a happier lifestyle. They told us that antidepressants would fix it because it was a chemical imbalance. That was just proven pretty much to be false. And we're going to talk about that. On top of that, more information is now out about the FBI cover-up, the cover-up that they did to suppress Hunter Biden stories between him and his father before the 2020 election. Like I said, this is a big episode. Stay tuned. We're going to get right into it. Let's do this. So if you guys remember from last episode, ironically, I didn't even know that this was going to happen. I did a section in last episode about how the left changes definitions of words. And I won't repeat it, but if you go back and listen, I'll kind of, I explain how I got to that and how I used to do college speeches talking about tactics of the left throughout history. And one of them was changing the definitions of words, changing basic language. They do it with things like justice, things like truth, things like, like when they, when they create the term misinformation and then accuse their opponents of misinformation, when in reality, they're the ones lying and we are just trying to bring up an opposing viewpoint when they say things like I am um, causing trans deaths for speaking out about the fact that there's only two genders I am not violent against trans kids like they say I'm not bringing death to trans kids what they're insinuating and trying to connect the dots are is that if I say there's only two genders it upsets trans people and they might kill themselves in the future so I can't say an objective truth and that is now a violent violent take for me to speak publicly and for example when I tried to speak at I think it was Colorado School of Mines they had 40 protesters outside the school because they had footage of me talking about protecting women's sports, saying boys that are identifying as girls, but they're biological boys, they shouldn't be allowed to compete against girl students in school. 40 protesters outside saying that I was against human rights and a violent promoter of violence because I spoke about an objective truth of two genders. So that manipulation of the term violent, they manipulated the term herd immunity on the World Health Organization website. In June 2021, I believe, they changed it from herd immunity being uh, a calculation of natural infection in a population combined with vaccine rate in a population. And after June 2021, what do you know? The World Health Organization changed that definition to only be the level of vaccination in a society. They did it with things like sexual preference. We talked about that last episode with Amy Coney Barrett, and they continue to do it. This week, we have the Joe Biden administration changing the definition of 
recession. Now, before we move forward, I want to read that one section from The Road to Serfdom that I read last time to kind of get you guys into that mindset again. For those of you who haven't heard my episodes before my podcast, I like to provide uh, insight on books that I read because I get a lot of questions about them. History books, political books, economic books, and then uh, more like childhood development and family books. So this one's more in that like history, classics, and the rise of the left category. Frederick Hayek wrote it about a hundred years ago, and even then he talks about how one of the main tactics of the left is to change the definition of words to control the narrative. He said, the most effective way of making people accept the validity of the values they are to serve is to persuade them that they are really the same as those they have always held, but which were not properly understood or recognized before. And the most efficient technique to this end is to use the old words, but change their meaning. Few traits of totalitarian regimes are at the same time so confusing to the superficial observer and yet so characteristic of the whole intellectual climate as this complete perversion of language. That is right on the money. The, the term perversion of language is what we are going to talk about right now. I am looking at an article that says, Economist dismantles Biden administration's attempt to redefine recession with one chart. It's by Max Keating from The Daily Caller. Now, why am I doing this? Why are we talking about this? If you haven't heard the debacle that's going on right now because you're busy with your usual day, and I totally understand that. That's why I'm trying to give you a quick synopsis, right? If you aren't aware, we are basically entering a recession. A recession, usually when you look at two quarters of economic downturn with certain numbers, it means you've entered a recession. The Biden administration, understanding that on Thursday we are entering an economic evaluation, a new report is going to come out, they kind of wanted to get ahead of the story. And so instead of having to admit, hey, we're in a recession, they're just deciding to change the definition of recession so that they can be like, uh, we're technically not in a recession. <laughs> so what they did first, we have Biden being asked about this. Here's what he said. And Mr. President, we're getting GDP numbers on Thursday. How worried should Americans be that we could be in a recession? We're not going to be in a recession, uh, in my view. Uh... All right. So Biden says we're not going to be in a recession. How could he say that, though, if historically this is the trend and this is the trend that shows we are entering a recession and it will be probably it should be announced on Thursday? Well, around the same time Biden starts saying, oh, no, 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 we're not entering a recession. Whitehouse.gov, the official White House website, releases this little um, blurb, this this uh, written piece. And it says, what is a recession? While some maintain that two consecutive quarters of falling GDP constitute a recession, that is neither the official definition nor the way economists evaluate the state of business. He says, or the White House says, instead, both official determinations of recessions and econ economist assessment of economic activity are based on a holistic look at the data, including the labor market, consumer and business spending, industrial production and incomes. Based on these data, it is unlikely that the decline in GDP in the first quarter of this year, even if followed by another GDP decline in the second quarter, indicates a recession. All right, so they're saying there's other factors that need to be considered when you're declaring a recession. One thing that they're 
really hammering home. And I want you guys to understand exactly what kind of connection, what kind of weird connecting of the dots, the gymnastics that they're doing, mental gymnastics that they're doing to try and make this claim. Because of COVID, do you guys remember? Everybody was told to stay home. Tons of businesses closed down for good. will never open doors again. People were forced to leave their jobs, forced to stay home because of the bureaucrats and politicians that shut down our country and our economy and a bunch of small businesses nationwide. So yeah, people were out of jobs. As that's ended, guess what? People are going back to work. There aren't new jobs there's just people that used to have a job and then were told they couldn't work anymore and then lost their job and then they're going back to a job. That's not necessarily real job growth. They're just returning to the workplace. But the Biden administration thinks you're dumb enough to fall for it. So they keep claiming, well, yeah, technically the numbers are looking like we are entering a recession. But because we need to factor in the massive job growth that we're experiencing, the massive success of the job market, we aren't entering a recession. These numbers show that we are actually doing pretty good. Do you see how that's, that's not tracking? That's not adding up? They are lying to us and manipulating numbers to make it seem as if the narrative is in their favor. But again, this is Economist Dismantles Biden Administration's attempt to redefine recession with one chart. It says the White House has been challenging a commonly used definition of recession in advance of economic data coming out Thursday, but one economist took the air out of the administration's argument with a single graph. Biden administration officials, including the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and an economic advisor Brian Deese, have argued that even if second quarter GDP data scheduled to be released Thursday show negative growth for a second successive quarter, the economy is still not in a recession. Back-to-back -back quarters of negative growth is what many people think of as the definition of recession and is indeed included in Google's definition. So that's usually the understood definition, right? Not to these guys. It says Michael Strain, resident scholar and director of economic policy studies at the American Enterprise Institute, also called AEI, they're a great organization, uh, took to Twitter to point out that each of the past 10 times the economy has experienced two consecutive quarters of negative growth, a recession has, in fact, ultimately been declared. So you guys, this Michael Strain guy looked at all the last 10 times in American history that we've experienced these two quarters of negative growth, and every single time it happens, a recession is declared. So the Biden administration is breaking massive precedent. Now, what's interesting is he points out the National Bureau of Economic Research, so NBER, they make the determination of when the economy is in recession, and they do so by looking broadly at many different factors to determine if there is a, quote, significant decline in economic activity that is spread across the economy. So, yes, they look at a bunch of factors, but Strain says with his last 10 times, this study that he has done, it's been the last 10 times. It's a historically reliable um, use as a correlate of recessions. Now, next addition to that is this guy E.J. Antony from the Heritage Foundation. He's a research fellow for regional politics, and he told the Daily Caller News Foundation that this has been a pattern since World War II. 
This has been a pattern in America since World War II, and it's now being broken by the Biden administration. Now, the last thing I want to say about this is that I was watching, I think it was Trey Gowdy. I was watching Trey Gowdy on TV, and he said, you know what? The American people probably honestly don't know the definition of recession. And all they're seeing right now are these political people on TV arguing about if we're in it or if we aren't in it. And I'll tell you what, they may not know the definition of recession, but they know the definition of bad. And I think that is so accurate of what he said. He was saying whatever the term is, they're feeling it. Whether the Biden administration wants to admit it and call it what it is or not, the American people are feeling how bad of an economic time we are in. No matter what lie is being spun, they feel how bad it is and they are living it every single day. So you got to get serious about it no matter what. And that's really the problem is if the Biden administration wants to deny that we're entering such a bad economic phase, then that kind of means that they have no plan or no intention of helping or solving it. So that was a really good evaluation, I think, on his part. Uh, let's move on to the next subject. Next up, I want you guys to just brace for this one. Just brace for it because it's going to hurt. Okay? Remember Dr. Burks? Do- Deborah Burks, the one we trusted for so long, the one that I complimented her neck scarves on, the one I even trusted for a little bit because she seemed like a good one. She's back. And she had a big slip up on Fox News. Let's listen to it. I want to get your take on a lot of people looking at the president now having this and all these people who have been fully vaccinated and and boosted and all that. And they're getting it. The 20 percent or so of Americans who've not been vaccinated might look at that doctor and say, well, why bother? Why bother? What do you what do you tell them? Well, if you're across the South um, and you're in the middle of this wave, what's going to save you right now is Paxlovid. But once we get through this wave during that law, you should get vaccinated and boosted because we do believe it will protect you, particularly if you're over 70. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. And I think we overplayed the vaccines and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. It will. But let's be very clear. 50% of the people who died from the Omicron surge were older, vaccinated. I'm sorry. Um, What did she just say? She, they, she, they overplayed the vaccine. The vaccine that they forced into the bodies of how many people and threatened their jobs and got them fired if they refused to get it? The vaccine that ruined people's dream jobs because now they'll never be employed in certain positions because of this complete phony mandate that was passed down and then the narrative that was built around it. Now private businesses, the military, people that dreamed of being a Navy SEAL, never going to happen to a lot of guys that have mental fortitude and would never sacrifice their bodily autonomy, even if it means sacrificing their dream. That, that? You guys overplayed that? And... What? So... That's what we're dealing with there. Uh, Let's read about it because this is horrible. Uh, Washington Examiner, Biden, Fauci, and Democrats owe the country an apology after Dr. Burke's revelations. Dr. Deborah Burke's 
Revelations last week damaged the credibility of Dr. Anthony Fauci and the Biden administration regarding COVID vaccines. Consider Fauci and President Joe Biden's comments compared to what Dr. Burke said on Friday. Previously, Biden called COVID a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Biden also said if you get vaccinated, you won't get COVID. Dr. Fauci, his chief medical advisor, said that if you get vaccinated, you're not going to spread the virus to others. You guys remember that? Let's actually play that clip because I have it because, of course. Because you can't build a wall high enough to keep out a, 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 a vaccine. The vaccine can stop the spread of these diseases. And so everybody talks about freedom and not to have a to have a shot or have a test. Well, guess what? And so how about patriotism? How about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anybody else? What about that? What's the big deal? We're not in a position where we think that any virus, including the Delta virus, which is much more transmissible and more deadly in terms of non-unvaccinated people, the, vi- the, the, the various shots that people are getting now cover that. They're, they're, you're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Continue to spread the diseases. And so we should think of in the patriotic duty, whether you're, whether you're working in a supermarket to make sure you have been vaccinated so you're not spreading anything to anyone else, or you're not likely to get the virus, whatever virus. And Delta still is the worst Yeah, guys, you know, just don't worry. You're not going to get it if you just get the vax. But then Dr. Deborah Burke says what? I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection, and I think we overplayed the vaccines. Let's be very clear. 50% of the people who died from the Omicron surge were older, vaccinated. So stupid. This is ridiculous. People's lives were ruined over this, and now she's on Fox News saying that. It says, as time has shown, they were all wrong. Democrats have relayed incorrect information to the public for nearly 18 months. It's time their false statements were acknowledged. Biden, Fauci, and all the Democrats who vilified Americans who did not want to get vaccinated owe the country an apology after Dr. Birx's recent comments about the COVID vaccine. Birx's admission comes slightly over one year after Fauci's appearance on CBS's Face the Nation in May 2021, when he claims the vaccinated people mostly wouldn't spread COVID and that that's one of the main reasons why you should get it is because then you'd be a block for the vaccine. He says this simply was not so. It says, moreover, consider Birx's comments about the percentage of people who died during the Omicron wave. I mean, yeah, you guys remember how they said, don't worry, you will not get COVID if you get vaccinated. So people took the risk to get vaccinated. And then now Dr. Birx is saying 50% of those people died from the new wave of COVID. 50%? I didn't know that. It says... If half of the people who died from Omicron were vaccinated, that is astounding. This should have everyone up in arms. It means that Biden's people criticized Trump for downplaying the pandemic, yet they committed the same exact sin with the vaccines. The people who complained and warned about misinformation and disinformation the most were the worst offenders. Ding, ding, ding. Bingo. The article finishes and says it is one thing to make mistakes during a pandemic. COVID was spreading quickly and medical professionals had to interpret ever-changing data as they, on the fly as they were learning it. 
I think most people understand this. There was widespread uncertainty and they were trying to save as many lives as possible, yet the authoritarian actions, arrogance, and condescension accompanying the message about vaccines are not forgivable. Trust the science, trust the experts. They told the country nothing but lies in the midst of a pandemic. At this point, no one should trust the science, the experts, or the Democrats. They are not trustworthy, and Dr. Burks confirmed as much. Now, here's the thing. That one sentence up there, the yet the authoritarian actions, arrogance, and condescension accompanying the message about vaccines are not forgivable. You guys, this used to be a common theme of Western countries. The idea of choice, the idea of free thought, the idea of thinking for yourself and bodily autonomy. I know with the whole abortion thing, people are like, well, you don't support bodily autonomy because you don't support abortion. Listen, we believe the baby is its own body and should not die just because it's within the mother as it's forming. It's a completely separate thing. Don't let people try and tell you otherwise. This is about someone being able to make a choice, especially when it's something injected into their body. It's experimental and it is not something that we understand the long-term implications of. It's something that we got vilified for, attacked over, and it is totalitarian and authoritarian. One of the speeches that I do is about the three pillars of communism. You have socialism, which is the economic step where the government takes over industry, takes over the economy. But you also have totalitarianism, which is basically uh, the elimination of all wrong think. You can only think and do what the one uniparty supports and agrees to. You cannot disagree with them. If you commit wrong think, you will be either re-educated or they'll try to, or you'll be removed from the public square or society. You will be shouted down. There is only one approved way of thinking and behaving. Authoritarianism is that other pillar, which is the embrace of force, the use of authority and force to achieve a political goal. So no more choice, no more free debate, no more questioning. Those are considered no-nos. You will be forced to comply with one standard way of policy and government and way of life. And what did we see during COVID? Like this sentence says, actions, arrogance, and condescension accompanied the message about vaccines. It was authoritarian and it was not forgivable. Amen. Now, last thing, I just want to bring up Tucker because he asked such a good question. I wonder what we're going to do about this. Let's see. So how did they release a vaccine and then make it mandatory when they didn't understand the long-term effects of the drug? That's a very good question. Here's Deborah Burks. She's the former White House COVID response director, again on Fox News. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. And I think we overplayed the vaccines and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. It will. But let's be very clear. 50 percent of the people who died from the Omicron surge were older, vaccinated. (laughs) What? Stop the quote. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. Really, Deborah Burks. But somehow you forgot to mention that as people were being fired from their jobs for not taking this on the premise that if they took it, they would never be infected. When do you get criminally charged? Soon, we hope. Hmm. That's a good question. When do you get criminally charged? Well, you guys, it happens 
when the GOP, hopefully they get their act together, when the GOP is back in charge on Capitol Hill. And I would hope when we get somebody with common sense and core deep values, conviction, ready to fight back against whatever the heck has grown in D.C. It'll happen when that happens. Um, Now, last thing that I want to talk to you guys about, I have two other stories related to the same topic of why we need to have less faith in the system, in the government, in politicians, because they do not have our best interests at heart, and there is always information being hidden from us. Let's see. The first story is quite shocking. I don't know if you guys remember this, but there's a video going around kind of recirculating, and it's from 2005 of Matt Lauer really giving Tom Cruise, I know two random people, Tom Cruise a hard time about Tom Cruise calling out uh, Big Pharma and ulterior motives about promoting things like antidepressants. Here we are today where I talk out against drugs and psychiatric abuses of electric shocking people, Mm -hmm. okay, against their will, of drugging children with them not knowing the effects of these drugs. Do you know what Adderall is? Do you know Ritalin? Do you know now that Ritalin is a street drug? Do you understand that? The difference is this no, was no, not Matt, against Matt, your I'm will, ask, though. Matt, but this wasn't Matt, against your question. Will. Matt, I'm asking you a question. I understand Do, there's no. abuse of all of these things. No, you see, here's the problem. You don't know the history of psychiatry. I do. All it does is mask the problem, Matt. And if you understand the history of it, it masks the problem. That's what it does. That's all it does. You're not getting to the reason why. There is no such thing as a chemical imbalance. I'm saying that drugs aren't the answer, that these, these drugs are very dangerous. They're mind-altering, antipsychotic drugs. And there are ways of doing it without that so that we don't end up in a brave new world. Yes, there are abuses. And yes, maybe they've gone too far in certain areas. Maybe there are too many kids on Ritalin. Maybe electric shock... Too many is- kids on Ritalin. I'm just saying... But, but aren't there Matt, examples where it Matt, works? Matt, Matt, you, you don't even, you're glib. You don't even know what Ritalin is. If you start talking about chemical imbalance, you have to evaluate and read the research papers on how they came up with these theories, Matt. Okay? That's what I've done. And you go and you say, where's the, where's the medical test? Where's the blood test that says how much Ritalin you're supposed to get? You're, you're, it's very impressive to listen to you because clearly you've done the homework and, and you know the subject. And you should. And, 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 and you should do that also because and, just knowing people who are on Ritalin isn't enough. You should be a little bit more responsible in knowing. I'm really, not prescribing Ritalin, Tom, and I'm not well, asking anyone else to do well, it. Well, you are. You're saying, saying no, I know some people who seem to have been helped by I, it. But you're saying, but it's like, this is a very important issue. I, this I is couldn't a very, agree more. And you know what? And you're you're here on the Today Show, right? And to talk about it in a way of saying, well, isn't it okay and being reasonable about it when you don't know, and I do. I think that you should be a little bit more responsible in knowing what it is because you you communicate to people. Now, what really stuck out to me in this interview is how smart it was for Tom Cruise to call out Matt Lauer for having such a large platform and promoting information without really understanding the whole situation. And I like how he did that because now, especially these days, you have all these Instagram influencers that don't do their own research, but they feel uh, slightly one way or another towards politics. And then they just share this misinformation. They share wrong things without looking too far into it. And then their followers just kind of assume, oh, well, they must be a figure of authority or, oh, this person has a title by their name or this person's a politician. This person has this degree. This person has this show. This person has this number of followers. I must 
find them as a voice of authority that's trustworthy. No, 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 no. So I really liked that aspect. On top of that, it turns out Tom Cruise was pretty right. Um, apparently 8%, around 8% of America's population has major depression. I didn't know that. That's a big number. But I'm looking at this article from The Hill, and a huge uh, study came out just now that basically debunks the need to use antidepressants. Now, I think last time I looked, the antidepressant market is over $20 billion a year. In 2019, it was like maybe 19 or so. And then by 2020, it had gone up to like 23, I believe. But basically tens of billions of dollars every year in the antidepressant market uh, worldwide. This article says, A recent review study is pushing back against long-held views in medicine that depression is caused by a serotonin imbalance in the brain. Researchers from the University College London conducted an umbrella review of past meta-studies and systematic analyses of depression's relationship to serotonin activity that included tens of thousands of participants. The study published this week in the journal Molecular Psychiatry concluded that there's no clear evidence, quote, no clear evidence that serotonin levels or serotonin activity is responsible for depression. So that's the big thing here, you guys. It says, quote, um, Joanna Moncrief, the study's lead author, she said, quote, many people take antidepressants because they have been led to believe that their depression has a biochemical cause, that they have a chemical imbalance. But this new research suggests this belief is not grounded in evidence. So when you look at the kind of money in this market, and then you look at this study that shows that now says there's there's no clear evidence not just only a little bit like they made a stretch it's there is no clear evidence then it kind of makes you wonder is this yet another situation of big pharma industry business colluding with politicians with bureaucrats with fda people with all these powerful institutions to harm once again Average Americans to get us to buy things that are not good for us internally, that are not safe for us, and that if you have a serious problem, like eight percent of the people in America have a chem- uh, have major depression, it's only masking our symptoms and it's making us pay tons and tons of money. And then there's also a lot of information, and I won't get into this, but people are driven to do some really bad things when they are put on antidepressants. And I think it's a shame that it's now coming out that this is quite a scam. Now, that being said, I have one more story. This one is interesting. This one could be its own episode too. Jeez, these are big topics today. So there was a bombshell new reveal that the FBI and Hunter Biden, uh, there, there was some, some dirty work going on by the FBI to protect him. It says, oh, actually, you guys, I'm looking at Upward News. So it's www.upward.news. It's a great news site that I'm looking at lately, uh, if you ever want to check it out. They said on their Instagram, according to, quote, highly credible, end quote, whistleblowers, there was a widespread effort within the FBI to discredit negative information about Hunter Biden before the 2020 election. It says there was a, quote, scheme in place, end quote. 
According to the whistleblowers, certain FBI officials schemed to prevent the FBI from investigating damaging information about Hunter Biden. This was achieved by classifying the information as disinformation, even though it was, quote, either verified or verifiable via criminal search warrants, end quote. Ho, ho, ho. So the FBI labeled information as disinformation when the information was actually provable and able to be verified or it was verified already. It says the matter was ordered closed. The FBI's avenues to investigate Hunter Biden and his illegal activities were shut down through the disinformation classifier. An assistant special agent in charge of the investigation even, quote, attempted to improperly mark the matter in FBI systems so that it could not be opened in the future. Who is this assistant special agent? Whoa, there was a lot to cover up, it now says. Based on the authentic Hunter Biden laptop archives, Hunter engaged in troves of highly illegal activity, ranging from illicit drugs, prostitutes, and falsifying firearm applications to tax fraud, money laundering, and foreign influence peddling. I mean, is there any other crime? Like, what else has he not done? Okay, he's now being investigated by the U.S. attorney in Delaware for potential tax fraud, money laundering, and selling Joe Biden's influence to foreign entities like China and Ukraine. No big deal. Um, Who is the U.S. attorney in Delaware? Because we got to protect that guy. It says, why engage in the cover-up? Joe Biden was in the last stretch of his presidential run. Partisan institutions understood how information about Hunter Biden's corrupt and illegal dealings could affect the campaign and sought to minimize it. 16%, this is big, 16% of voters unaware of the laptop scandal would not have voted for Biden if they knew about it. You tracking? 16% of Biden voters would have changed their vote and not voted for Biden had they known about the laptop scandal, but they knew nothing about the laptop scandal because the laptop scandal was covered up intentionally by FBI agents. Are you tracking people? Sorry, I'm yelling at my microphone right now. Oh my gosh. Here's how the cover-up worked. One, the intelligence community in a letter claimed that the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation. They had no evidence to support this claim. Two, the mainstream media ran with the letter, despite no evidence, to report the Russian disinformation claim as fact. Great. Three, Social media companies like Twitter and Facebook then used the mainstream media coverage as reasoning to censor the story on their platforms. Yep, that's exactly how this works. Fourth, finally, the FBI, behind the scenes, closed their investigations into Hunter Biden to protect him. Wow. Wow. Good for Upward News for sharing that. That was great. That was a great post. Um, With that being said, you guys might wonder, how do we hold these kind of people accountable? It would take leadership changes. So if you show up in the 2022 midterms, please, I know the GOP has its problems. But when it comes down to actual political 
races and games, we need to be voting Republican. We'll solve the internal problems. We will. You need to be involved, and we will solve the problems in the GOP. But at the end of the day, we need a House majority, a Senate majority, and a president in 2024. And these people, when we vote for certain candidates, they have to understand how serious the deep state issue really is. And that is really the only way that we can solve this kind of problem right now. You tracking? So please show up at the 2022 midterms. Please do what you can to support other people showing up as well. And make sure we're voting in quality candidates that understand and are just going to give us the same talking points and then get to D.C. and not give a crap. That's what usually happens, right? Uh, with that being said, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it, and I hope you have a great day. Bye-bye. <laughs>J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.